Welcome to the Every Day is a New Day podcast and live show. The inspirational show about moving forward and choosing to be more of you. Transmuting the self-doubt and stepping into courageously aligned confidence in who you uniquely are. My name is Kim O'Neill. I'm a twice certified transformational confidence coach, Reiki master, best-selling author, and former crime analyst who now helps empathic heart-centered individuals shatter the noise of self-doubt, find clarity on what self-love really looks like, and the courage to be peacefully grounded in who you've always known you are from the inside out. Join me for the live shows on Facebook and YouTube and visit KimO'NealCoaching.com for more info. Let's get to it. It's Welcome to the Every Day is a New Day show. <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Anita Sanchez. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Um, you know, the technical gods were a little confused at first, but now they're working for us. So hopefully those were people were patient enough to be able to participate. If not later, they'll be able to hear the recording. So it's all good. I completely agree. And I thank you so much for your patience tonight. And for everybody who's with us live, uh, you know, yeah, we're doing something a little different tonight. We are using a different platform. And um, you know what, Dr. Sanchez, you know, I didn't mention to you, and maybe this was uh, something, of course, I generated. I've been thinking of doing this of going live via Zoom lately, and I just, I wasn't ready to, but clearly maybe it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, now you get to test. I'm a good person to, uh, to test things with, too, because I'm quite open into learning, and that's the way to live. <laughs> well, thank you for being my good person. I completely agree. You've been very patient tonight. <laughs> so... Let me go ahead and share with everyone who Dr. Anita Sanchez is. I'm really excited to be able to share her with you tonight. Okay, so a little bit about Dr. Anita Sanchez. Dr. Anita Sanchez, joyfully drawing on indigenous wisdom, modern science, and decades of training and consulting experience, Dr. Anita Sanchez inspires people to discover and trust their gifts so that they become a life-giving connection to all. She has trained tens of thousands of leaders and their teams in Fortune 500 corporations, education, and nonprofit organizations to create vibrant, diverse, and inclusive organizations, leaders, and teams where ordinary people achieve extraordinary results. And whether she's on the stage speaking to 6,000 people in a boardroom, a training room, or one-on-one, -on -one, she invites us to embrace our power and purpose and to transform. And she also has a TEDx talk and a fantastic book. Uh, let me get the title right here. She is an award-winning author of The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times, and so much more. So I know I, I put that on Facebook, and I'll definitely be sure to add that to where this Airs as well, but it truly is an honor to have you here. So thank you tonight. Thank you. You know, it, so I first want to ask you, you know, one of the questions that I was posing, you know, preparing for tonight's conversation is a lot of what you share is the, just the power of indigenous wisdom and how it is a gift for all of us. And I know you put that in your book. Um, and I was wondering if you would connect how indigenous wisdom is a gift and relevant to all of us right now here in 2020. Yes, it is totally relevant. Well, first of all, when, when I say indigenous, I think most people, the image that comes to mind is a particular people who are part of tribes, whose 
understanding of their connection to the earth and just relations, their worldview is one of total interconnection. And uh, that is true. However, anthropologically, we're all indigenous. We all, when science tells, we know that we're all made of elements of the earth and of the stars. And people have forgotten who they are and what they are. So, and we have all these things going on, right? COVID, technology, <laughs> glitches, uh, race, unrest. Finally, it's all the things that maybe because we were so busy, it seemed like things were just moving along. You know, we had growth and how we measure growth is a very narrow thing about money. Um, but then what has happened with this little virus, it slowed everything down. And, and from indigenous people, we have, with our connection to the earth, our wisdom has always been about how to live in right relationship with every being. And so with the slowing down, we're all being able to now see, whoa, what's really important? Um, what's not working well? Right. And all of those just things are coming, out, coming to light. And so now more than ever, uh, whether it's the United Nations, scientists, um, world leaders, they're realizing, but wait a minute, um, we have a lot of learning that we can do from the first scientists from around the world, which are the indigenous people. And so I'm excited. I was like excited to come on your show because I think there's real practical things, which is the gifts that are already a part of us for us to remember. And I want to have people hear that of this amazing crowd that follows you is that it's remembering that we are not broken. Um, it's not as if we have to keep searching outside ourselves for everything. We have this, but you can't Google wisdom. I love Google. I'm not giving away my phone or my, but it, we can't Google wisdom. It's something we go internal. Yeah. And then we can go out in nature to remind ourselves. And we can go to people who are wisdom keepers of lots of different traditions to help us. But ultimately, this is all inside. And what we do inside to awaken that indigenous part of us, to awaken the true wisdom, our hearts opening, like a door that has been closed, it is now being opened. For some of it, it's been, yay, our hearts are expanding. Others, it's been like, boy, somebody just punched open the door. And, and all of that. So, but what is really saying is life itself is calling each of us to be ever present and to use our gifts so that we can be a life-giving force. Yes, I love that. Well, that, that uh, you can't Google wisdom. That's a mic drop <laughs> quote right there. <laughs> yes, you can't Google wisdom. And it, it just a quick little story. Um, first of all, there are lots of great things at Google. And they honored me a couple of summers ago when I spoke at Singularity University. And I'm standing there. And that's where that meme came from. I was standing and talking to them. And, and I was kind of like a ringer because they were amazing minds figuring out lots of solutions to big global problems. And then I come in to speak about in what's, what's essential about indigenous wisdom and stuff. And I said, well, you know, you have to understand, you can't Google wisdom. And then I realized, Anita, you just said that at Google. <laughs> and everybody was a little bit quiet, and then there was laughter. <laughs> I said, let me explain why. If you Google wisdom, you will get a definition, but it's not very complete because wisdom is something that is lived. Hmm. it's like it's so it's very hard in, in many ways to define it 
But when one taps into that wisdom inside yourself and nature from wisdom keepers, you know, you know what is true. Uh, and we know as we're living our lives, whether we are really living our wisdom, which in part we can discover through our passion, our purpose and, and various things, but just, just, uh, and through gratitude. Ah, well, let's, let's, I would love to dive a little deeper into some of mm -hmm. that wisdom you talked about. Um, so much of what's really awesome to hear you speak is the way that you phrase things. And so, um, I might keep saying that I just, you know, it, for those who are with us tonight, uh, because we're using a different platform, it's my first time doing it this way. I can't actually see your comments in, right now in real time, but I will be sure to connect with you. So let us know what comes up for you too, as we're moving through today's conversation. And what I want to say, Dr. Anita, you started to say, you, you said that our original researchers are the people you know, our indigenous people. Yeah, and the first scientists, yes. First scientists, Actually, the first you. in almost everything are indigenous people. Yeah, yeah the first scientists, uh, yes. Oh. So I w would you be open to sharing with us what those gifts are and just yes. explaining so those? So the gifts that we're talking about, first of all, there are thousands and thousands of gifts, just as there are, you know, so many different types of people, traditions, there's wisdom and there's gifts in all of them. However, what happened, from an eagle hoop prophecy back in the 1990s, early 1990s, there was a vision. And in that vision, spirit told uh, a Mohican elder, Don Coyas, to gather elders from all the different traditions, the indigenous traditions all over the world. And they did, they came together and they prayed and sang and chanted and meditated in their own languages. And then they created, as the vision told, a hoop and they hung a hundred eagle feathers from it, which is a feat in itself that how all the eagle feathers came. And then they put four gifts in there and they were for all humankind. And spirit was really clear. This is not only for indigenous tribes, it's for all humankind to remember because we're out of balance, we're out of harmony. And it's because two-legged human beings have forgotten what it is to be in right relationship with yourself, other human beings and actually all beings so the four gifts they put in there is first the gift of the power to forgive the unforgivable the mm. power to forgive the unforgivable allow that to land in your ceremonial part of your heart and i don't have to explain that people can feel that in that mm. heart the second gift they put in there for all humankind is the gift of the power of unity Allow that to go, the power of unity into your ceremonial part of your heart. And then the third gift they put in there is the gift of the power of healing. Oh my gosh, are we in the midst of that too? Yeah. Healing, not a one-time event, many, many uses. Allow that to sit in your ceremonial heart. And then the fourth gift they gave to all of us was the gift of the power of hope in action. And clearly in this time, just allow that hope in action, that energy source to go into the ceremonial part of your heart. So what Spirit said, use these four gifts. Use all the gifts, but use these four gifts and we promise you, you will remember how to be in healthy, right relationship with yourself, with other human beings, and with all our relatives, nature, animals, birds, what, everything. And clearly what we're being shown with climate change and 
um, uh, I mean, global warming and, and COVID and, you know, the horrific imbalance inequities in health and race relations, everything. We need to be in healthy. We need to be, what, I, what did I want to say? So what we ta- I was taught since I was little is that every one of us has a choice every moment to be good medicine or bad medicine. Mm-hmm. And good medicine is anyone or anything that helps put in healthy, right alignment, the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. And bad medicine is anyone or anything that takes out of alignment, the spiritual, mental, emotional, physical. So leaders of your own life, of your family, in the community, in businesses, government, this is the time for us to use these gifts so that we we can put things back in harmony and balance the way they're meant to be. What does right relationship feel like for you? Yeah. Well, right relationship, what it feels like, I'm glad you said feels, because it is a sensory thing too. It's a knowing that what my thoughts and the words that come out in my actions are actually life-giving. Whether those thoughts, words, or actions are about myself, so my being critical and cynical and, you know, like destructive in terms of not allowing myself to see myself as a learning, growing human being and for being able to forgive the things that are less, or whether it's in relationship to the water, how I treat the earth, am I gratitude or am I spitting on it? Am I poisoning it? Um, and the same is true for my relationships with other people. Do I do, am I present to them? Am I really listening? Or am I manipulating and totally trying to get, it's all about me. So there's a reciprocity. So that's a big answer, but it's really, you can feel it. You can sense it. You know, and then the feedback that comes back is, oh, I love being around you. Uh, I often get into, in business rooms and stuff, and people go, it's different when you're here. It's different how we work with each other. What is going on? We still have the same challenges, but what's different? And I said, because it's about intention and not just intention, but is the thoughts, words, and actions following, following those positive intentions. Then we know we're in right relationship. And when we're off, I'm a human being. And when I fall short of that, instead of spiraling downward and going, oh, ain't it awful? And I'm a bad person. You're a bad person or blaming or whatever. Instead, I'm like, oh, oh, okay, let's move back. Let's move back on track to what would be that. Thank you for the learning. Let me go back and see how I can move forward. So I imagine it's um, that although maybe you haven't used these gifts that you're coaching, which is just brilliant. And the work that you do is, is helping people do that. Like how to stay in right relationship, how to stay in flow, yes. how to stay life-giving. How to be true to themselves. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Yes, everything you just said. So I think one of the, everything you say is relevant and so powerful for right now, but two things are mostly are standing out right now is us getting to that space of belonging and that emergence of a vibrant, re-emergence of a vibrant community that you talk about and where forgiveness plays a role in that. And what does forgiveness look like? Do you think it's go- Does it look the same for everybody? What are your thoughts on forgiveness and getting us back to that place of well, how how one gets to forgiveness 
there are many paths. So I'm a diversity and inclusion consultant. So I know there's many good ways. There's not one, it's not being parochial or ethnocentric. There are many ways. However, there's some themes and variables that help with that. So I want to first say that mindset matters. It is far easier to step into a place of forgiveness of self or other if you believe that you're connected, that you belong. If you believe you're separate, then I can just go, well, I'm separate on my own. And that's part of the suffering that's happening. People feel depressed, alone. Um, and the reality is no one with the mindset that you're part of one hoop of life, no one is ever alone. You might get lonely, that's a human, but you're never alone. Just you and I right now, we're breathing. Well, we're not doing that alone. The trees yeah. converted the carbon into oxygen and, and we're giving them the coming. So there's this reciprocal relationship that's happening. Everything, the food, everything. So let's get back to forgiveness. So when you have that mindset, that helps. But not everyone has that mindset because a lot of what's been taught is separation. And now we're re-looking really at that. Science shows at the molecular level and then all the way up. We're not separate, what indigenous elders, indigenous traditions have been teaching forever. Forgiveness, let me say what it's not, because I think that's what stops people too. So some forgiveness is, does not mean you're weak. Forgiveness doesn't mean you forget the harm that happened either to an individual or whole groups of people. It doesn't mean that. Forgiveness doesn't mean you're betraying yourself or a whole group of people because you're choosing to forgive. And forgiveness doesn't mean that you're not going to seek um, changing those systems and structures, not only the individual, individual behavior, but the systems and structures that allow and grow that behavior that is destructive. So what forgiveness really is, forgiveness is freeing yourself from the pain, resentment, wish, energy use of what either happened or didn't happen and instead choosing to use your energy to let go and to use your energy to create what you want to create now and what you vision for the future so so uh, my forgiveness path early on had to do with um one of the one of the things was the murder of my father which was race related quite relevant uh. to what's happening now he um he was an alcoholic and he worked really hard. And after work every day, he'd go to the neighborhood bar around the corner, have a beer. And this one summer in 1967, he went there. And unbeknownst to him, earlier that day, a black man and white man were having a fight. The white man returned and just saw the profile of my father, who was dark complected, and fired three bullets through his head and killed him on the spot. Oh, wow. Now, that is horrific. And many people will say, well, that's just unforgivable. And it was really horrible what happened. But what happened a week later also was a big part of my journey and allowing me to learn about this gift of forgiveness. And that is a white woman and a young white boy came and she introduced herself as the wife and son of the man who murdered my father. And I was standing at the doorway with my mother and she said to my mother, Mrs. Francis, Mrs. Sanchez, I just had to come, I had to tell you, my husband was a good man. He would never have killed your husband if he knew he was Mexican or Native American. He thought he was black. And you know how black people are. And she just went on. And my mom, oh. I remember my mom shaking. And I never heard my mom ever scream at a stranger before. 
But she screamed at this one, telling her, stop, you don't even know what you're saying. You don't even know the hatred you're teaching your son, but I want you to know I'm gonna try really hard to pray for your soul, but you get off my porch. And that night she talked to us six kids, aged nine to 18, who now with a seventh grade education, she was raising on her own without a husband. And she said, I want to tell you something and I don't want you to forget. A white man murdered your father, not the white race. And then she opened the newspaper, the Kansas City Star, and there was a picture of my father on the floor with blood, a pool of blood around him. It was just really hard. And she goes, now this and many other things are racism. These are things that are allowed to happen because some people think they're better than other people and that we're not worthy of dignity, but we are. And so... And so I, I'll just never forget that. And lo and behold, you know, um, I was good in books. So by 16, I was already in college. I started working at 13. I lied about my age, really found I'm really good with systems very fast, but it was actually in my work. I didn't know I was going to do diversity inclusion work, bringing people's hearts together, be able to really not only reach goals and objectives in business, but exceed them. But in those classes that I began teaching very young in corporations, I've heard circles of people of color talking about their lives and then circles of white people sharing about their life. And over and over again, I heard many of them share. My parents taught me that I am better than you. Wow. In many different ways. Some of them said it. Some of them, the way they pulled us away, told us not to bring certain people home. But I love my parents, but I'm not them. And I'm creating different relationships than my parents. And, and not all fast enough, clearly. However, I could see people really making changes in some of the hiring and how how in trying to create some equity and again i'm not saying it all rosy it's all done we have so right. much work to do but i saw that and what happened for me kim and i'm sharing this story because i think people will have their own versions is that i began having the dream of the white women in the sun what i just shared with you and in the dream it was weird night after night i'd have the dream and i could see everything hear everything but the boy's white face was gone and then over time and hearing these circles and facilitating how to work together, um, that white boy's face began to become clearer and clearer till I know that if I saw this white man as an adult, I would know who he was. And how I made sense of that is that the 13 year old Anita was so hurt, the pain you know, even though my father wasn't perfect, just like no father is perfect, no one deserves to be, I mean, to be murdered. Right. You know, to be accountable for what you do, yes, but to be murdered? But I took away that white boy's humanity. That boy was probably somewhere around my age of 13. I believe his face disappeared because I believe that the only thing he could do was to be and act and do like his father. That's wrong. We've got to give people the opportunity to do the right thing, to be in right relationship. And what happens 
when people hold on to the pain, not allowing the possibility, I'm not talking about forgetting it, but hold on to it so tightly, like I was, like it was part of my identity. What happened is I wasn't able to see the humanity. Just as this man took away the humanity of my father, I was psychologically taking away the humanity of this young white boy. So there is a relationship between us. And that summer day, the adult Anita understood that the 13-year-old Anita and her five brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, we lost our father. But on that summer day, that young white boy lost his father too. And he grew up knowing that he was a murderer. This is horrific. And we're seeing this happening now day after day. And we need to heal this. We need to stop it, change the systems and structures, the norms that allow that, make individuals accountable for their behavior, and find the way so that we can be with each other, create with each other in our communities, in our homes, in our workplaces around the world. And so I feel like you and I, and sorry, I'm just going to project a line because I okay. just know a little bit about your work and stuff that we're meant for this time. And there's yeah. millions and millions and millions of us are meant for this time to be discerning, to use our gifts, forgiving the unforgivable is one of them, not to forget, not just say, oh, it didn't matter. Oh, let's just call it even. No, so that we can use our energy to correct the systems and structures, to be a healthy, life-giving relationship with ourselves and others, including the earth. Mm, that was a very powerful story. And thank you for sharing. Uh, well, thank you for sharing all of it. I really love the part about how the person was, I imagine the person who said, you know, I was taught to, to have these racist thoughts or beliefs was probably really scared to say something like that. Absolutely. And yet Took what, courage. yes, massive courage to be able to say, yes, I recognize that. And that's not me. Yeah, I'm doing everything to do, be different. Just like all of us are doing, wanting to be better. Every generation wants to be healthier. And now, with everything going on, it's being put right in our face. And with the sheltering in and the time we've had, we can begin to see all the things that are really strong on us and the things that we may need to work on and in our relationships. And so, but we have all the gifts to do it. We, we, can, we can make healthy relationships. Well, I, so I, I want to get to hope, but before we get to hope, I want to talk about, I want to talk about um, fear just, a, a, yes. just for a moment, it, because I think that place of fear is where a lot of people tend to get stuck in thinking, if I forgive this person, then I'm going to leave myself open and susceptible to be hurting by them again or by someone else. And and so that can be this barrier where it's like, well, I know it's healthy to forgive. I'd really love to. And yet I'm not going to let myself get hurt again. What do you say to that? What yes, I know that very well because I, I built what I call my armor of separation. So here's this indigenous woman who was taught since a child that we're all connected. All I was building the wall. Because by gosh, I wasn't going to let anybody abuse me. I was going to let anybody hurt me. And you know, this murdering that's going on. So I put up the wall. What I found and discovered when you put up that wall, yeah, it keeps out a lot of bad things. But guess what? It also keeps out good things. Yeah. And it's suffocating because human beings, I don't care if you're extreme introvert or extreme, we all need 
human connection. We all need life. That's part of being alive. And so over time, as a teenager, I began, thankfully, very early starting to drop it. And I believe part of that, I was able to drop. Not, it didn't just come down. <laughs> it was very slow. It's like, oh, okay, it goes back up and then more. But it was from starting to learn to trust, to see people who saw things in me. I'm like, you see me as a leader? Are you kidding me? If you only knew. And, and again, that's those negative stories in there. It's like, no, set that. See see yourself for truly who you are. And so probably one of the biggest thing on forgiveness, yes, it's fearful, but people get so caught in their pain, they fear they don't have any identity without it, even if it's a negative one. And so when you finally let that down, what I tell people, there, there's lots of processes to do this, but and what you'll find, it's a pathway to your freedom. It's a pathway to unconditional love of yourself. And then you're able to give unconditional love to others. And this last summer from an elder, um, Basil Braveheart, Lakota elder, he shared with me, he said, yeah, I heard about you. You're, you're kind of known as the forgiveness woman. But I want you to think about this one, that forgiveness is the passcode to your divinity. And I just, when he said that, the hair on my arm stood up. I was just like, oh my gosh, we're all divine beings. We're in these earthly bodies, but we are spirit. We all want to do good things. I really believe it's the rare person who's so forgotten that it's, it's you know, like, like that. I believe that we just need to awaken that again. And there are many paths and the healing is one of those. You're like, so listening and then gathering with people who care, who can help you, because it's not doing this all along, or nature even, walking out in nature. Then it's unconditional love. And then getting into action, because that fear, the biggest problem with fear, it's a paralysis. And you have to get in action. Your GSP, your GPS doesn't work. I remember when I first got it, it's going to age me some. I remember when the GPS first came out, and I was like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, and I look over at my partner, I go, well, how come it's not telling me? He goes, you have to to move the car. You have to start and move the car. Oh, just like as a human being. So I have to take a step and it might, guess what? Oh, it might be the wrong step. Thank you. I won't take that one now. I'm going to try this and thank you. And just like an airplane flying, though we're not doing much flying now, it's off course more than it's on course. That doesn't make you feel really safe for someone who flies a lot or used to. But nonetheless, that's like our lives. But the key is that we keep going we keep moving and trying because every day i choose to learn and grow and when you do that even when you have failings shortcomings it's easier to just okay what do i have to learn here i can forgive myself i can forgive the other person and with these learnings now go forward and it's what a great way to live you know, what a great live, way to live. I, I love that. You said it's the passcode to our divinity. <sighs> oh, so not to diminish or water down anybody's pain ever or anything anybody's ever experienced. But I want to ask you, in addition to taking time to forgive and heal because we see such value in that, 
before we get to the forgiveness piece, do you see a value in, I, I just, I'm thinking of the person who's going, okay, but you know, like, what was the purpose of me even going through this thing in the first place? Why do I even have to have something that gives me something to forgive? Do you, do you have any thoughts on that of the value or do you see value in that? What are your thoughts about that? Well, there are different faith traditions that believe different things about that. I do believe, I do not wish the murder of someone's father. No, absolutely I do not, not wish abuse, which I have endured for nine years. Uh, I, don't, I don't wish any of that. What I also will say though, the challenges that we end up having, we end up building muscle. We end up learning, hopefully faster than slowly, about loving ourselves so that way we can end those situations, get out of those situations. That's why I'm not here to, I'm not a guru to tell you this is what you do. Because every situation has different, different uniquenesses to it. What I think is true though, is that to be truly free of the pains and hurts, and they're gonna keep happening, they happen all the time. So, but not holding on the past ones, just we are energy. And so we can use our energy for what we want to create. And that's what I want to do, is to use it for what I believe will help me and help others live a happy life, to help the children, and as indigenous people, we're taught to think about seven generations. And with scientists, I'm like, oh, seven, how can you think of seven generations? Ouch, you can't go that far. I said, but wouldn't it be amazing if you only thought of one or two generations? And if you can't answer yes to what decision you are making and the actions you're going to take, then wouldn't it at least behoove us to pause? If you don't think that's going to be a benefit to the future, then why would you do it even now? And so at least slow down. And then when you get a clear yes, this is not only good for us to not, you know, put toxins into our earth, to not say cruel and mean things, spread rumors about other people. Well, then why wouldn't you just stop it? You know, create the new norm about how we exist. And that's, the, that's really great. And when we can do that together, not just only individually, which we need the individual and the collective action now, when we can do that collectively, then, then we make things happen. Some will call them miracles. But I say, no, that's what happens when the best of human beings come together. That's when we create these amazing new technologies. That's when we can heal um, you know, different kinds of medical problems. That's when we can create a socially just world. And socially just world starts with socially just individual and socially just families and then socially just communities and workplaces and on and on and that's what we're in the process of in the midst of the pain i do not at all diminish that i'm with you we have to hold both we have to hold see what is and also not get caught in terms of spiraling downward in the mm -hmm. pain but see it and then have the vision that'll pull us because pain pushes till vision pulls and i got that mm -hmm. from michael beckwith so oh. it's a, such a strong one to understand that. And so you see, like, even with some of these, oh, when, oh, when my father, you know, was killed because it was mistaken for a black man, darker skinned people do have a different experiences. It is absolutely true as an indigenous woman. I know that. And I also know that there are people 
who really believe that we are all worthy of dignity, that we are one human humanity with these amazing different races and colors, and it's not to be blind of them. Right. I, then I say get some glasses, but it's rather to be able to embrace the similarities and the differences. And that's really, that's when we do that, and in the hoop of life that you're a part of, that I'm a part of, why wouldn't you? It makes no sense. We're part of this amazing diversity of human beings and the animal kingdom and the earth and the minerals, all of that, that sustains us. I'm just more in gratitude than anything. That's the way I feel. I first just want to say thank you so much because I realize I, I know I gave you a really hard question and I completely agree. Every it, Everyone's situation is different, but thank you for being willing to even answer that question because I just can see someone out there, you know, struggling even with that piece. So thank you for lending your voice to that. Let me add one little piece in there. It's not going to be a Absolutely. long story. Just to say, one of the first steps to forgiveness and to healing is to not run away from it. It's, that's where listening, listening is so fundamental to everything. Because if you're not listening to what's going on in your mind and your heart, then you don't know when something needs to be let go or fixed. Right. If you're not listening to other people or to nature, the earth, what it's showing us, then, then you're not going to get it. So we have to listen with the softest part of our ear and an expanding heart. It's not listening just with these tools. We listen with our whole being. And that is awesome. Then we get to really be present. Instead of just using that word, we start to hunger. I love it when people are starting to say, yeah, listening's hard, listening's hard. But I'm starting to hear more and more people say, you know, I kind of hunger to listen. I want to shut up. <laughs> be quiet and just listen. There's a peace that comes. There's messages that come that I wouldn't heard. Oh, I discovered, you know, this leg has been bothering me for some time. I need to go check. Oh my gosh, thank goodness I checked on it. If I hadn't listened, I might have lost this leg if I wore, waste, waited any longer. See, it behooves us to listen. Absolutely. I love that you brought in listening to your body. What is your body telling you through the way it's actually vibrating and feeling? Yes. Oh, so good. So, so love hearing you speak. Okay. We're actually getting towards the end of today's conversation, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I absolutely want to bring in that hope piece. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You, yes. I, you have a very, you have an inspiring video on your website, uh, sanchestennis.com. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Okay, yes, okay. ConsciousTennis.com. And you can see um, my TEDx talk is Humanity's Hope. So I'm very much into hope. And some people will write about hope. Some people write and say, oh, that's foo-foo stuff. That's Pollyanna. That'll paralyze people. And I'm like, boy, they don't, they don't just hope, hope that I've been taught by my indigenous elders, that I've seen other people from other traditions do. Hope is, hope is an energy source. If you can imagine a lot of things that are around us, well, these were first an imagination, an image in somebody's mind or a dream that came through. They didn't exist. You know, the us being able to connect with each other, even though we had a little slow start with the technology. My gosh, look, we got to connect and all the people who get to view us, not, not now, later. This is powerful stuff. That's hope. And people right now, many people are saying, oh, I'm hopeless. You know, how can you be so hopeful when you talk about your history and things that happened to you, when you talk about the work you're doing? And yeah, I'm the first to say women aren't moving up in businesses fast enough. Men of color are not moving up. 
white men who don't fit a particular formula aren't moving. However, why am I hopeful? I'm hopeful because I have this image and I know it's shared by many others of what is possible. And so we can tap into that energy by dreaming. So I say dream at night, dream, daydream, dream away. And when somebody says, no, no, you can't just, that's for you. I'm going to keep dreaming because I wouldn't believe I've been doing the things that I'm doing in my life. A, a, a poor, economically poor girl in the middle of a black, all black neighborhood in Kansas City, Missouri. How the heck did she end up going to college at 16, having a PhD, working all over the world, this year being named Conscious Companies Magazine's World Changing Women. And I just got a call three weeks ago from the New York uh, Women's World, world Women's Foundation, named one of the 60 women around the world who are hashtag she is my hero, inspiring girls and women, no matter what your circumstances, no matter what your walk of life, you go for it. That's hope in action. And I'll tell you, it is the rare person I found when I share my dream, people will send positive energy. Like, I want your good dreams to come through. And some will step forward like, what can I do? I literally want to do more about your dream. And I'm that way with other people. So dream away, hope is something it's an energy source and no one can take it away can you have challenges horrific things happen to whole groups absolutely and even then you study people you hear the stories and even in the most desperate situations you see them still talking and imagining what's possible and sharing with children what is possible and that's that's really a gift of hope in action. I was hopeless once. That will never happen to me again. It just won't. Will I have downtimes? Absolutely. May I even get depressed? I have to do the checklist like everybody's doing now with this COVID and everything else happening. However, I've got hope and no one's taken it away. Dr. Anita Sanchez, thank you so much for being here today. You are such an inspiration and a breath of fresh air. And I, I used another metaphor. What was it? You're like a breath of fresh air. You're like a cool drink of water on a hot day. <laughs> <laughs> I know that from the Midwest. Like iced tea or Kool-Aid when I was little. I have <laughs> <my> cold Kool-Aid. <laughs> I just, I just love it. Well, will you tell everyone where they can go to connect with you beyond today's interview and, uh, you know, feel free to um, share anything else yes. you'd like them to know. Yes. Well, I think there's uh, two things. So sometimes it takes people writing things down, but I'm sure you'll have something written up. So one of the easiest, if you want to learn more about the gifts uh, and how you can use them for your life, you can go to foursacredgifts.com. That's F-O-U-R, sacredgifts.com. And please go there because you'll learn more and you can download the song. It's free. You can download it for that has messages in my book. It's really beautiful. Um, the Brothers Corin gifted that to me and it's a beautiful song. Um, and then for work, you can stay at that site. You click on sanchestennis.com. Tennis is my partner's name in life and in business. And that's where we do all of our work in diversity, inclusion, undoing unconscious bias, all different ways, um, because our background is organization development, all different ways to help individuals as well as the systems and structures to become thriving, to really, um, you know, be life-giving. Wonderful. Well, th 
Thank you again so much. And thank you to today's live audience and for bearing with us with our, our different platform today. I hope you found value in today's conversation. Let us know what you are taking away. And I hope that, you know, I mean, you just, you spoke so much about forgiveness. And one other thing that I didn't quite touch on or get back to was just how for some people, it's just an easing of the opening of the heart. And for others, it's like a cracking something open and it, it's a, can be a real experience. And, um, it, it just, I'll just on that note, do you want to say anything else about, about that, about someone who's in that space of having such a hardened heart? I know I was ending the show, but I'm going to ask you another question. Yes. yes. Have compassion for yourself. What I found is, you know, like people could tell you do this, you do that. This, what I'm sharing is all invitation. That's what true indigenous elders do. It's invitation. But when you begin to start to have compassion for yourself, then you begin to be able to see the other gifts of yourself, the other wisdom, the other things you're yearning, that you were meant to be here. So that's what I hope my story shows people is that regardless of your circumstances, regardless, you know, all that, yes, you have to deal with that. And it's tough stuff figuring out how to feed your children when you don't have work right now it's tough just on and off so many aspects to be a dark-skinned people and to know that some people just despise you however we are so much more than just this and we have the capacity individually and then collectively the incredible genius to really make this place wherever we are the one that's really thriving, loving, and caring. And I'm willing to put my energy there. And you deserve it too. Even when it feels like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do this. The fact that you're even saying that or aware of it, that's already your spirit, your subconscious, your body telling you you're not alone. Get help, go into nature, do all the things that give you safety that let you know that you're loved that was powerful okay i'm glad i asked that thank you for speaking to that and for our audience just leave you with remember that every day is always a new day wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow the power is with you and i love that you brought it back to the compassion piece so Thank you again, Dr. Anita Sanchez. Um, stay right there. And we're going to go ahead and say goodbye to all of our viewers. We'll see you on the next Every Day is a New Day show. Thank you. And that's today's show. So what are you taking away? Let me know down in the comments wherever you listened or watched today's episode. And connect with me on Facebook on the Every Day is a New Day show and coaching page. Or visit KimO'NealCoaching.com for more info. Remember... Every day is always a new day. Wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. There is always hope, and you will always be amazing. I'll see you next time.